myself again But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn You look back and it's all in the past I'm dwelling on the thoughts I cannot say to you If I don't say the words then maybe it's not true Welcome along to the Premier League show on NUFC Matters with me and Melly. How are you, Melly? No, I'm very well. How are you? Yes, not bad, mate. Good to see you. And uh, we are in an international break. So the first batch of games in the Premier League have been completed. Uh, one win for Newcastle and three defeats in probably one of the hardest starts to a Premier League uh, that I think many a club will have had to face. Uh, no shame, of course, in the defeat against Man City, as we discussed um, gutted about the uh, defeat to Liverpool, uh, but an absolute uh, meltdown, I think, for, for Newcastle fans on social media after the defeat against Brighton. And uh, yeah, it's a tough one to take because, um, you know, one thing that Eddie Howe's teams don't lack is effort. And it just seemed as if uh, we were we were just all out of everything uh, against Brighton. We've had a, a week to reflect on it. We've got another week to reflect on it, of course, uh, as the build-up to uh, Newcastle against Brentford uh, starts uh, today. Uh, but from from your perspective, Melly, Manchester United, of course, uh, were at uh, Arsenal, and uh, they um, looked as if, in all intents and purposes, they were going to get a win. It looked as if Manchester United were going to get all three points, and Arteta was going to be crying into his red wine in his dressing room afterwards. But Arsenal, after a disallowed goal for Manchester United, uh, went up the other end, uh, a wicked deflection from a Declan Rice shot, saw Arsenal go into a two-one lead, and Gabriel Jesus, of course. Uh, put the icing on the cake uh, to make it three-one, leaving it, uh, you know, a less than a less than happy camp, I would guess, on the terraces. So, so what did you make of that result for Manchester United, Melly? But well, I should have won, mate. You know, it's, it was absolutely shocking, really. I mean, is that is that offside? Does the does the benefit not go with the forward? You know, a lot of people on here say that Man United get the the run of the green when it comes to VAR and referee decisions, but. Because we got that Wolves decision initially in the first game, everything's gone against us since. Um, it was absolutely heartbreaking, mate. And I normally come away from there feeling really despondent. The last two seasons, they've nicked it. And again, they nicked it again. And But it, it should have been three points to United. Uh, it's, honestly, it absolutely flabbergasted. We'll have a better season than Arsenal. They, they aren't as good as what they were last season, I don't think. And I think United, with having Amrabat coming in, Hoyland looks at a force to be reckoned with. He done more in that 20 minutes that he came on than Martial's done in his whole career at Manchester United. So I'm looking forward to seeing him. I've put him straight into my uh, FPL because he looked that good. But I mean, it was just, it was absolutely heartbreak. It really was. It's absolutely devastating. Mm. Yeah, I mean, look, it's one of those things that, you, you you know, you get moments like that in a football season and, it, and you know, it's, it, you've got to take it on the chin, unfortunately. Um, they do level up over a season. That offside, I mean, got to be honest, listening to, listening to the two referees, Mike Dean and Dermot Gallagher, given their interpretations of it um, at the weekend was, was, was fascinating. But for me, uh, you know, it, it needs clearing up. And, and what people are going to get sick of us talking on this programme about VAR, Needs and, and the rules need to be clarified, need to be simplified, need to be made, you know, easier for for us to all to understand. Because I mean, basically, what what that offside came down to for Manchester United at the weekend was a camera angle. It's it's the camera what? angle. It's the camera angle that is presented to mm -hmm. VAR. And 
you know, the camera angle that was presented to VAR made it look offside. But looking at it from one of the other camera angles, it wasn't offside. So that's the problem. Uh, you know, again, we, we say VAR is not to blame, it's the people using it. But if, if, if all that somebody is presented with is one certain angle, that's leading that person or those people to make one decision. And if you don't get the opportunity to look at all the angles, then, you know, I mean, they look at multiple angles for fouls, Melly, don't they? That's, you know, that's the difference. With, with why, why is it different for offside? And I, I've never understood it because I've seen that computers is drawing the lines. So when them lines is getting put in and it's black or blue and red, you know, that, that automatically decides if he's offside or he isn't offside. But like you say, you're looking at it from that angle. If you look at it from the angle, you know, like, arrogant to that, then he's clearly onside by an absolute mile. Like, I don't know, mate, you know, like, it, big decisions like that, it, it kind of just cost you points. It could cost you, like, your team might get on an absolute terrible run out because of one decision. So I, I kind of that much that it really needs to get sorted sooner rather than later because, you know, and I'm not just saying that because it's Manchester United. I'm saying that because, you know, that could have been a relegation battle at the end of the year and they got that wrong. And then, you know, it, it could cost them millions and millions of quids. Form, you know, like just everything relies on that one line, on the two lines. And I thought at the beginning of the season, you know, like we said, like we don't understand everything that's been, all these new rules that have been put in. But I thought that it had a change at the beginning of the season. I thought that the benefit of the doubt was going to go with the forward. Because ultimately you've got one forward, which should be against a back line of four. So the benefit should always go to the forward anyway, I think. But I mean, you know, like we're always on about it. We're not the only ones. Everybody's talking about it. It's great if the decision went your way. It's terrible if the decision didn't go your way. But ultimately, it needs sorting. Okay, let's look at Newcastle's uh, defeat at Brighton. Um, I predicted a draw down there. I wasn't confident. I didn't think we'd go down there and turn Brighton over. Brighton have proved time and time again that no matter how many players they bring through the academy and put into the first team and then go on to sell for mass amounts of money. They seem to have a conveyor belt of uh, you know players coming through who can just plonk in the side and and, and who can do the you know do the business and um, once again Evan Ferguson this time uh, announces himself on the big stage with a with a hat trick uh, gone on gone on to be injured there uh, this week um, you know which which is a bit of a blow for him got a knee injury in in the game and is is, is now out uh, but yeah I mean a hat trick um, you know either side of either side of uh, you know, the, the two halves, 27 minutes, 65 minutes, 70 minutes, he scored a consolation goal for Callum Wilson in the, the 92nd minute. But um, Newcastle, as I said at the top of the programme, and as I've said all week, didn't turn up, um, seemed to be a little bit jaded, um, you know, and, and it's, it was just there was just something not right. Um, it, it's hard to put your finger on it. Of course, you had to make a, you know, you had to make a little bit of a reshuffle because uh, we were, you know, we were without Botman, um, who has been a, you know, a stalwart of that back four and, and done very, very well. And and to, to, to be without him, um, and Dan Byrne went in the centre half alongside Fabian Share, Matt Target, who a lot of fans have been crying out for to come back in at left back because people are critical of Dan Byrne came in, um, got got a yellow card for his trouble and and didn't play too well. It has to be said. Um, the midfield three was 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 the same. We had Jolent and uh, Bruno and Tonali in there, um, and uh, we also had a front line of Anthony Gordon, uh, uh, Alexander Izak, and Mickey Almiron. So not a massive changes. Just you know, Matt Target in Dan Byrne, you know, moving into centre half alongside Fabian Share, 
but it was just a bad day at the office. Whether it was Nick Pope who you know you know made made a you know an, an error, uh, whether it was uh, you know Tonali switching off and allowing a shot to go through and, and you know and, and going past Pope, uh, you know it was just it was a bad day at the office. What what did you make of, of Newcastle's performance at the weekend? It was always going to be hard, wasn't it? Going to Brighton, I did. I did actually say that you were probably going to end up getting beat two one because it was just going to be. A, it was going to be a hard game, mate. It's you know, it doesn't matter who guns there, they'll give them a game. And Newcastle off the back of two defeats, you know, like it started in the morning, didn't it? You know, when the train strikes was on for the fans, you know, hats off to every single one of you who actually made the trip down there because that would have been one hell of a, a joint for you. And then obviously it was capped off with your team underperforming and for once you know like the the week before it, now I got it anyhow and I said like he got his decisions wrong mm-hmm. he got them right this time ultimately because they came on and they looked a little bit better didn't they you know so I think he's trying to find a balance isn't he I think he's trying to find a balance um, and who's best of playing where and I think the international break's coming at a great time for his recoup this is who's staying this is who's gone that will just hit the ground running and be the Newcastle that we were last year because you look at the four games you've played and there was a possible 12 points there you come away with three which really you could have ultimately come away with at least seven at least so it's definitely points dropped the Liverpool that was points dropped and Brighton on your day you could have went there and got a draw but you know just the way that it went previously I'd never seen you winning and I found it hard to see that you were going to get even a draw but I Evan Ferguson mate it's He's the closest thing lately that I've seen um, of the same kind of quality is Rooney. Can you remember when Rooney came through? Yeah. I think he's gone into a bracket now with only about three or four of our players to score a hat-trick at this age, you know? He's he's built like a brick shit. He's, he's, yeah. you know, he's, he's everything you want, isn't he? So, I, I, you know, Brighton's going to pull a, another, a good, another good one and get £100 million for another player. Which cost them very little. They've just signed Fatty from Barcelona. Honestly, I don't know how that's happened. He was tipped to be the next Messi. Him. Um, it, it's unbelievable. It really is. You know, like we could do with somebody whoever's bringing in this talent to Brighton. You know, like you would love that at your club, wouldn't you? Because it just seems like it's a conveyor belt of pure talent, and it doesn't matter who's the manager. You know, when even was it Roberto Martinez? Um. And then the, the last guy, and now De Zebri, that all just seem to to play the most now that this is the Brighton way, and this is how we're gonna play, and they do it, you know. And it's it's nice to watch because they're not a big six, are they really? No, 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 definitely so, not. It's nice to see rather than you know, like the likes of Man United and who who are expected to bring all these players through, don't, and and a club, you know, like on the bottom end of the country who are probably a top 10 club these days, are doing that, you know. So, I good luck to them, mate, you know, like... But Newcastle, they need to, you know, they've had a national break, and I think they need to get back to the way they were, you know, like... They've brought some players in. They've had four games there to get used to each other. If you kind of get used to each other after that, then, you know, you're getting paid stupid money to be professionals and play with Sunday League players if you have to. So, you know, something comes to happen, whether it's Eddie needs to... You know, get a little bit tougher in the dressing room, or the players need to bind in. Whatever needs, whatever it is, you know, like something needs to happen in Newcastle, and something needs to happen quick because you have got the Champions League coming up. I've just seen the um, the announcement of your squad. Have you seen it? 
Yeah, I have. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, we're pre obviously we're pre-recording this show, but no real surprise there. You know, to see Emil Kraft. I mean, he's been a long-term injury. Him being out, Matt Ritchie doesn't really feature in the Premier League enough, so he's 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 obviously missing out as well. A lot of it comes down to local. You know, the the, the different rules and regs that they've got. We've obviously got one player less because we couldn't hit the uh, the, the, the local quarter uh, with ours. Mm -hmm. But um, but yeah, I mean, you know. It, it is what it is. We've, you know, we've got a good opportunity. But you're right. Newcastle have got to hit the ground running in the next league game, which, of course, the next fixture is Brentford at home. Brentford. Um, in, in between the two Premier League fixtures, they, they then travel away to AC Milan. They then got Sheffield United away, um, which, again, you'll be looking to pick up some points from. We've now obviously got the Manchester City home game in the League Cup sandwiched in the middle of, of those fixtures. And then we've got Burnley at home in the league. And then Paris Saint-Germain uh, at home as well. So, you know, big games coming up. The Champions League is, is in the middle of all of them. It's about squad rotation, squad management, moving players around. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. But Brentford, focusing on the Premier League, Brentford at home, Sheffield United away, Burnley at home. Newcastle need to be looking at a minimum of seven points from those three games to get back on track. If they're going to have a similar season to what they had last season, they need seven points from those three games. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll cover that on the show moving forward. Let's look at one of the other, uh, we'll look at the other games that took place uh, in the Premier League at the weekend. Liverpool, of course, took on Aston Villa. Uh, Aston Villa, um, you know, came to St James's Park and, and left. Uh, you know, with a tail between their legs, they, they bounced back after that. But uh, they went to Anfield, and um, yeah, I mean, they came up against some players really who you know I think are, are firing on all cylinders. Sabozlai, who Newcastle were chasing in, in you know in the summer, didn't didn't get him. Opened the scoring for Liverpool uh, on three minutes. An unfortunate mm -hmm. own goal by Matty Cash, who let's face it has been one of Aston Villa's star performers and been in every a lot of people's um, fantasy leagues. And Mohamed Salah, of course, much talked about. And of course, with this being pre-recorded, has he gone to Saudi? Has he stayed? Um, you will know the answer by now. But Mo Salah, again, uh, one of the Premier League's best goal scorers in recent seasons, uh, finishing off that 3-0 uh, win. So it was a big win for Liverpool against you know one of those fancied contenders for a European slot. Um, and, and Liverpool, uh, despite you know, despite all this controversy that's been flying around with regards to you know to, to Salah, will he stay or will he go? Uh, getting on with the job and doing it quite well, and that midfield's going to be that, that midfield's impressive and probably going to get them through the season, I think, because that was the lot of some key players in midfield: Henderson going to Saudi, of course, uh, James Milner going as well. Um, you know, they've lost some key players, but they've replaced it with with the, with the likes of Sabozlai, who looks who looks a player. Ah, he does. He really does. And then just the broad grabbing back in, and um, I think they'll lose Salah, like because apparently the the talk on the of the town is that they're gonna come in with two hundred and ten million, and they'd be stupid to to refuse that with only a year left on his contract. It's 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 silly money that they can rebuild the whole squad with that kind of money. Um, if they had Brighton's recruiter, <laughs> yeah, um, exactly, yeah. But uh, I mean, you know, to be honest with you, I didn't really have a lot. I didn't watch Liverpool and I didn't try to rival, keep The rivals to you, they've been long-term rivals. I know there's a, you know, a bit of bitterness between you, uh, your, your two clubs. <laughs> I mean, Aston Villa, um, you know, that, that's a bad result for Villa. If they're going to be contenders, they've got to go to teams like Liverpool and put up more of a fight than that, haven't they? Oh, definitely, mate. I mean, they've been hitting messy, haven't they? But I think once they find their feet as well, I think international break is going to bring a lot. For the for two weeks after that, the first two fixtures, you'll see where teams are at. Mm -hmm. I, I think this is needed. There's just been a lot going on, you know, like this Saudi has really disrupted 
the Premier League, you know, like whether the players have gone or not, players sitting back, it'll be sitting thinking, wow, you know, like it could be me next. So that de they've definitely unsettled it. And it just feels like it's been a bit da Tasmanian devil the whole the whole summer transfer window. And now everybody can just settle. It's gone. You know, like like you say, this pre-recorded. I think their window ends, is it 11th? Um, um, it'll end it on Thursday, and as I say, well, they've been pre-recorded. We don't know whether Mo Salah's gone or not. We're working on. I'm mm -hmm. working on the assumption that he hasn't gone because I think, I think, I think there's a bit of resolve there from Liverpool. I think they might keep a hold of them, but that doesn't mean that the Saudis won't be back in January to try and tempt them again. But they won't get anywhere near 200 million, which has been the price that's been thrown around early part of this week for for mm -hmm. Salah's signature. Aye, so you know, like by the time they come back from their national duty, they'll be settled. And you know we'll get a proper feel of uh, how the Premier League's going to go. But Aston Villa, they've been. I don't know. I mean, you know, Fergie said it in the first game against him, and everybody was surprised. He, he, he likes the way that they have. Um, he likes the way that they have that they have progressed. You know. Yeah. Sorry, Steve. I'm in, I'm in the shop, and it's. Uh, no worries. I tell you what, I'll do. I'll run the adverts, and then run the ads, mate. Run the ads, and I'll move to all our sponsors. Skips and bins. You can find them at skipsandbins.com or telephone 0800 2545 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay as you go waste collection. Big thanks to Mr. Vicky's Sources Handmade in Cumbria. You can order them from their website, mrvickies.co.uk or by telephone on 01768 A big thanks also to New Workwear. Uh, you can find them at newworkwear.com. They're an agile and dedicated workwear provider. Welcome back as well to United Travel. Uh, they are a UK coaches firm and they are based in uh, the Northeast. They've got 2024 tours and you can contact them on 01670 632 460 or mobile 0791 and they've got a website, which is unitedgrouptravel.com. There's no strangers on there to us, just people you haven't met yet. Big thanks to them for their sponsorship. Big thanks as well to Media Arts, and they supply all the video technology. If you want to become a member and get a cup, a pen, a membership card, and a scarf, then get your smartphone and put it over this QR code. It will take you straight to the membership pack. It's a £25 one-off fee. You can also go to NUFC Matters website and search membership pack to book today. If you want to help the channel, then subscribe to it by hitting the subscribe button. Hit the thumb up under the video to like the video and click share to share to your other social media. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify and other podcast providers. Don't forget, we help the food bank on this channel. If you want to do so virtually, go to nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk and make a donation today. The Alan Sheila raffle is back on. 150 tickets, £1 a ticket. Win a limited edition signed Alan Shearer ball. End of the day at nufcmatters.com. Okay, we're back uh, on the Premier League show and uh, just looking at the results from uh, last weekend. 
already looked at Manchester United and Arsenal, Liverpool, Aston Villa, Newcastle, Brighton. Uh, the other one that stands out from last weekend was Burnley 2, Tottenham 5. And, um, you know, listen, Newcastle had a, a, a bad start to the season. Tottenham have had the polar opposite. And, uh, the, the you know, Madison signing, which Newcastle, you know, were chasing by three windows, seems to be working short term for, for Spurs. Um, you know, and and a wonderful hat trick from Song. Uh, Burnley certainly struggling uh, with life back in the Premier League, and uh, we'll be hoping to try and avoid a, a quick return to the the Championship. But yeah, uh, what have you made of uh, Foster Goggle, who's uh, Spurs? He's uh, he's, he's um, happy go lucky Aussie manner. Uh, seems to be yeah. winning the press over short term, um, and his style of football certainly winning the fans over. Mel, nice. You know, like if you asked Tottenham fans. When he got when he got appointed, I think ninety percent of you, ninety percent of them would have said they didn't want him, you know. But I, like I said to you the last week, mate, it, you know, I did I, I watched a little bit of him when he was in Scotland, and I like the way that he presented himself. I like his style of play, and it is it's certainly paying off. It's exactly what the Premier League needs, isn't it? It's what it's what it's been crying out for. And I, Sung Ming Hong, Ming Hong Song, <laughs> whatever you call him, mate. Honestly, I think he is going to become brilliant through Harry Kane leaving. Mm. The, the focus was on Harry Kane, wasn't it? And now he's he's free and he's got Madison supplying him. And Madison is an excellent playmaker. Absolutely outstanding. Um, and I've just seen a stat there, Steve. Gone off from Burnley and Tottenham and I think a little bit of credit wants to be given to Mbembo at Brentford as well. Um, he scored four. He's, he's second behind Erlen Haaland, you know. Mm. Um, absolutely great. You know, I tipped it at the beginning of the season, and I know that's early, but I think that anybody in this league can beat anybody on that day. No, I'm it doesn't matter who it is. Yeah, if you let your standards drop, anybody in this league can 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 beat anybody. There's no there's no doubt about that. And we saw that at Stamford Bridge. What is going wrong with Chelsea? Big bucks, Chelsea. Uh, one billion pound spenders, Chelsea. Chelsea nil, Nottingham Forest one. That is a result I did not think I'd see. Anthony Alanga getting a goal just after half time was the difference. Um, and, when you, and when you look at the lineups, that's the key for me. Unbelievable. The lineups. And yeah, listen to this for, for Chelsea Sanchez in goal, Diazzi, Silva, Colwell, Gusto, Gallagher, Casado, Chilwell, Sterling, Fernandez, Jackson. Um, you know, Unbelievable, isn't it? To listen to that compared to you know the likes of Gib, uh, you know Gibbs White, um, you know McKenna, Worrell, Bowley, uh, Mangala, Yates, Danilo, Oria, and uh, Turner in the Forest team. I mean, the difference between price in those two teams and squads is is phenomenal. Both both clubs, of course, have have, have brought in lots of players, but the difference in prices is is is, is, is crazy. And Chris Wood even got on for a little cameo as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, what what is going wrong at Chelsea? I just think they need to jail me. I think they need to come together. They've obviously spent a billion quid, a billion quid's worth of you know multi-millionaires getting chucked into the team and having to be managed. And it's it's proven hard. I'm looking at the stats, and you would expect it's 77 percent possession for Chelsea, 21 shots to Nottingham Forest is seven. But still, you can you can look at all the stats you want. It was one nil to Nottingham Forest, and all. 3-2 win against them the week before now is looking pretty good um, because I think they've probably played Chelsea at the right time. Um, I think once the gel and these stats become um, goals, the shots on target, etc., etc., 
Uh, I think once they do gel, they will come good. They've got they've got good players in there. It's trying to filter out the ones that are just there for pure money and you know the ones who want to play football. There's a lot of people getting on that Mudricks back, but uh, I see a play on him. I said the same about same about Joe Linton. You know when he was gone through a poor form at Newcastle, I could always see some kind of player there, and I see the same with them. I think once they click, they'll be hard to beat. And I think Forrest will look back at this game after Christmas and think, I'm pleased we played them when we did. Yeah, uh, Man City Fulham, we're not going to dwell on that too much. 5 1, the only good thing to come out of that for me was uh, Haaland scoring a hat trick. Uh, I had him as my yeah. fantasy yeah. league as well. So uh, that was good. He was, uh, I used my triple captain card on him on the same day. So <laughs> I, I, I scored well. I'm learning all about this and how to do it. Yeah. yeah. E-I-E-I-E-I-O, up the fantasy league I go. Um, I, was up the, I was up the 65th, I think, which I'm really pleased about because I was lingering around the bottom. Uh, anyway, sorry. Um, go on. Sorry, I'll tell you what I was going to say because I was on my way back from Scarborough on Saturday and I started listening to the Toon game. Yeah. Uh, and after the Toon game, Robbie Savage did a, did a uh, phone-in and one of, the, one of the fans came on and he was a Fulham fan and he said, I've never seen it so I cannot pass judgment. I don't know if you have, that... Had, it, had one of the goals had been given and it shouldn't have been. Had, have you seen it? Yes, I have. It was uh, it was a blatant offside. Um, uh-huh. it was, it, it, he literally was offside. There's, there's no doubt, and, and he moved towards the ball, uh, and it was absolutely crazy. Uh, Man like, City, like was said at the beginning of the show, Steve. That kind of that kind of decision that they've getting wrong has changed the game. They've went on and won five one. Would it have been five one if that goal had not gone in? No, Do you so know what I mean? Was- Silva wasn't happy about um, Silva wasn't happy about that, and rightly so. I mean, you know, he was going absolutely, he was going absolutely bonkers about it. It was Nathan Aki, I think, who was offside, and um, yeah, right. I mean, it changed, that was the second goal. You know, and it, um, you know, Tim Ream had equalised against uh, Alvarez's goal. It was finally poised at one-one, uh, and then Aki mm-hmm. scores a blatantly offside goal on you know uh, just at the end of the second half, and it just knocked the stuffing out of uh, Fulham. And, and I mean, Silva wouldn't have been composed going in that dressing room afterwards. So yeah, again, another error, another VAR error. Uh, and another yeah. one which would have been squashed out. Finishing off the Premier League fixtures from last weekend, Luton, well, I had the first home game. Um, they, you know, listening to the supporters was, was great. Listen, they, they were all delighted, all over the moon. And, uh, you know, they were happy to score a goal. Um, but, you know, it didn't do them any good. They lost 2-1 against West Ham, who are once again quietly going about their business. And, uh, you know, West Ham, unfancied, I think, but uh, could be there or thereabouts again in the European I'll sit and then fall there, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, early days, yeah, but West Ham seem to have got that midfield right. The, the acquisition of Ward-Prowse, uh, Bowen continuing his good form, is certainly helping. Paqueta, of course, unsettled during pre-season with a link to Man City, but uh, he's there now. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's looking good for the Hammers, and, um, you know, they, they did OK, yeah, but, I mean, we'll, we'll see. It is early days. And uh, Everton and Sheffield United, well, it's one of those results which neither team really wanted. A 2-2 draw, they'll both be happy, I guess, uh, that neither team lost, but you know when you're when you're down the bottom and you're struggling, the last thing you need is you know is, is playing your rivals and only getting a point. You've got to win those games if you're going to stay up. And as I keep saying on this platform, um, Everton have got that uh, you know that big hearing coming up in October, and I still think that you know if they're sitting in around the bottom three, I still think they'll make an example of them, and I, I can see them I can see them ending up you know with a points deduction. I think Everton Everton who've been dicing with death for years could 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 go, but yes. When you draw those games, it's the same when you play the big games at the top, isn't it? If, you, if you're hoping to win the league, you've got to learn to win those games, Melly, and, and it's the same at the bottom. All right. You know, like I remember 
back in the Fergie years, mate, you know, Giggsy scoring in the last minute and Fergie would say, they're the games that you've got to win, you know, the game's what you're expected to win and it's nails each, you're getting the 90 plus minutes and then Man City's done it for the last few years, Arsenal's done it, you know, but they've never won the league, they did a lot last season, any amount of games I watched with them in and they were, it was ones each in the score with the last kick off a corner or something. But Everton's got Arsenal coming up next. It's on a super Sunday at half past four. I think that's a big game and that could change the season. If they can get a win there, then it could it could potentially change the season. I know you didn't like them, like, and you keep saying that. But I like Sean Dyche and I, I and I, you know, with it being Merseyside, I hate Liverpool, so I like Everton. And I really hope that they do turn the corner and they, they get out the relegation zone and as I do with Burnley as well. Um, yeah, I would like to say Burnley still. They're, they're a family club. And when you go to Burnley as well, you go to the little cricket club if you're an away support. That's fantastic. Oh, and we were, we were down there We were down there for the for the, the final Premier League game. We, we sent them down, unfortunately. And I've never met a bunch of supporters who were, were still wanting to have a bit crack with you. And, you know, I was wishing oh. them all the best and hoping they came straight back up, which the Julie did. And watching the documentary on um, on Sky as well, you know, about Burnley is, it was was great. You know, they're a, they're a good club. They've got a good manager. I hope, they yeah. stick, I, hope, I hope they stick with them and I hope they come good. With regards to Everton at the weekend, I've got to be honest, Jordan Pickford, he's, he's, he's a, you know, ex-Mackham, he's a, well, he's an ex-Sunderland player, he's a full-time Mackham, and he loves winding up supporters, he loves winding up Newcastle fans, but he was winding up the Sheffield United fans, and of course, he scored an own goal, One goal. Uh, he, was, he was unfortunate, because the, the ball ricocheted and bounced off the back of his head and went in, but I tell you what, if you get a chance to watch the highlights of that game, give it a watch, Aye. just to watch that double save. That he pulls off. I've seen him do that a few times, and that's why Jordan Aye. Pickford. That's why Jordan Pickford England's is number one. number one because he's he's just got that kind of ability to pull off some fantastic saves. And the one thing I'll say about Pickford, despite him being a Macam, he's a character. And characters, Aye. you need you need characters in the game. And he is he is he is a character. So yeah, I, I've got to be honest. Well done, Jordan Pickford. That was a great save, and and um, that that rounds off for us. You did mention earlier Brentford Bournemouth. It was a two-two draw. Uh, we've already covered that. So so that was the end of uh, what we'll call match day four. And as you say, looking ahead uh, to, to to next weekend, some big games coming up. Wolves-Liverpool, um, it takes place uh, on the Saturday, half past 12. We've got Fulham against Luton. Tottenham versus Sheffield United. West Ham-Man City, there's an interesting one. Man City might not be looking forward to going to West Ham. Uh, Manchester United-Brighton, of course. Aston Villa-Crystal Palace. Newcastle Brentford, we've already touched on that as well. Bournemouth play Chelsea, another tough trip for Chelsea, and uh, okay. Bournemouth will be waiting for them. Everton against Arsenal, um, and Nottingham Forest take on Burnley, a game which one of those teams will need to win. Burnley will be looking to win that game, and Forest will be looking after winning against Chelsea to, to try and get something out of that. So uh, that, that, that takes up the roundup. Let's let's talk on a couple of topics. Um, I'm going to bring this up because I got sent something today, Melly, before we came on air. And what mean you were talking? We mean you were talking about ticking. We've talked about it on here before. Well, don't worry. I'm not going to talk about ticking because I can hear people groaning out there already. I'm going to talk about um, a change of bus travel in Scotland for football or sporting supporters. Doesn't doesn't say football. Well, this is something I can see coming in in England if it's coming in in Scotland. The senior traffic commissioner is requesting the UK government to give permission for the following. Bus companies must tell dedicated football officer 48 hours before the game the number of supporters expected to travel, the number of vehicles booked, the name and the contact number for the person who made the booking. 
Buses can't stop anywhere within 10 miles of the ground without police permission. Buses can't stop at any pub for a beer unless it's sold with a substantial meal. Buses can't drop off or pick up fans at any unauthorised locations without prior permission of the police. And buses are to arrive at the venue no earlier than two hours before and not later than one hour before the schedule start of the game unless otherwise directed by police. This is something that they're trying to bring in in Scotland. Um, is this just another example of rules and regs being brought in to try and change the face of football, Melly? Me, you know, you were saying all that then. I was thinking, why? Why? It's not like it's Green Street hooligans anymore, you know. Like all that's di it's all died, isn't it? There's there's more. It's like Big Brother walking around now, so it's, it's it's very few and far between. You'll get two clubs fighting unless there's a real grievance. That's the only reason that I can see why they would want to bring all that in. I just didn't understand it. I think making, making wholesale changes, man. They're trying to make they're trying to make wholesale changes. This is what mm -hmm. this ID ID check at the our awareness is all about. Are you getting an ID mm -hmm. check yet? No, but I tell you what, we had a good conversation on the train on the way down the other day to Arsenal. Um, somebody was saying about the Newcastle, and they were saying they were they were they were sending out dummy tickets. So you know, like if you had so many credits and you applied for a ways, they were saying yeah. that um, you'll get a ticket, but it could be a dummy. And when you get to the stadium and you scan it, it's a dummy, and you're getting sent to the ticket office to prove that you are that person that it's has applied. So they reckon that uh, Man City went down to zero credits for you. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah, it did. All of the away games are going down. And I mean, there was the Brighton one. We understood why, you know, real strike, etc. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I've got a photograph of um, the away end at Brighton. And there's, there's lots of empty seats. Now, some of that could be to do with, some of that could be to do with the, um, with, with the real strike. But also, Empty, empty seats previously at Man City as well. I, I've got the impression that some people might be buying away tickets and not going now. Mate, honestly, I, I think it's just it's, it's, it's an absolute farce. You know, what was wrong with it the way it was before? If you wanted an away ticket, you would get an away ticket you know, like, but you've got to actually be involved in the club. You can't just be sitting at home and think, oh, well, I'll, I'll go to City away because you wouldn't get a ticket. But if you're in the click of going away regularly, you know, within them lads around you, you wouldn't be able to get a ticket. The way they're doing it now, it's, I don't know, I mean, what are they wanting? Are they wanting more corporate in there? Are they wanting, what? I just, I don't get it because the true fans are going to be sitting at home watching on the telly, which is I sad. I genuinely think that's the case. And I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to do something on the show with regards to maybe Newcastle's corporate sections. I mean, you know, it'll advertise it for the club, so they'll be happy, I'm, I'm, I'm no doubt. But just to give you an idea of where we're actually at with, with, with mm -hmm. ticket prices going up, and, um, you know, I, I, I think it's going to get worse. I think there'll be different areas of the ground where there'll be people who are on 10-year season ticket deals uh, which will come to an end now. They were extended because obviously COVID, you know, took us took away a season and a half for people. So they gave gave the ten year ticket um, deal another two years to those people who who missed out. But I think those areas will will end up being changed. You know, the, obviously there'll be a rise in ticket price, and then you know on top of that, you know, people might have to get moved. So there is a lot of that going on. Somebody told me the other day that the Shiraz bar upstairs and Shiraz bar is now is now a lounge where you, you have to pay slightly more a ticket. Now I don't know the exact price. I think I was I think I think it was 
it was mooted that it was something in the in the region of 360 quid for a ticket. But of course, as well, when you go in these corporate areas, you can't buy one ticket on, on your on its own. You've got to buy a pack. Or if you want three, then you've got to buy four. Um, it's it's the way it's the way of the world. So Newcastle fans are going to get up, are going to have to get used to this. You know that we are going to be priced out of it. But yeah, getting back to the away travel stuff, it, it is unnerving. It is very big brother. And it is a massive change to what we've all been used to. And the only reason that I can think that they are doing that is because football clubs in general do not want um, bus pulls of um, what the the middle class and upper class might see as undesirables travelling to a football game, um, drinking beer uh, and enjoying themselves. And and I think eventually we're, we're moving more towards, they would love it if they could move towards the American style of sporting event. And I think this is the problem. We've got American owners in the Premier League who would love it if the stadium was full of the rafters of families having popcorn and drink, you know, hot dogs and, you know, having timeouts and, and all of that and, and being in the ground for four or five hours. They'd love it. And, and they'd also love it if people like me and you who've done the hard miles on the road were sitting at home and watching it on the TV and paying for the privilege. That's what they want. And I think that's what will happen. I think that's what will happen eventually. I remember doing an editorial in the in, in the in one of the fanzines that I wrote years ago, saying that um, you know, that the Premier the, the Premier League might might be might be being greeted, um, but but eventually it would kill footballers with no one. And it is, it is, it's still the best league in the world. It's entertainment, and you're saying it's exciting, probably gonna be the most exciting one for years. Can't disagree with you at all, but Unfortunately, I think they're just trying to get rid of they're trying to get rid of the ordinary fan, the fan that's kept the game going for years. And where where does that where does that leave us? Well, it leaves us finding finding non-league and going to watch the non-league, finding something else to watch. You'll still be a Newcastle fan, you'll still be a Man United fan. You just won't be able to get it. You won't be able to go. So you'll find something else to do. You'll find another club to support. It may well boost the non-league, Melly. I which would be a good thing, wouldn't it? You know, but it's sad, mate. You know, like. These guys have gone for years and years, and the most of the buses that you see are branches. Do you know what I mean? Uh, y- y- apart from the weird day coaches, obviously, you know, like the weird days, you'll get a coach, and it will be full of like drinkers, and like you've just said, the type that these poshies didn't want attending. But without them, there's no atmosphere. Yeah. So Sky and whoever's broadcasting it are going to have to like have their own atmosphere to play because. Arsenal, mate, honestly, I've never met a worse bunch of fans in my life. It was like sitting in a church until they scored. And then, like, they topped it off with playing Ice Ice Baby at the end, you know. And it all makes it up. But, like, you said you went to Man City, you know, like, and it was all fireworks. You got to Wolves, it's fire. Man City, it's fireworks. And so it's getting there. You're right, what you're saying, it's getting there. But it'd be a sad day. And the likes of us kind of got them a match because you know it's filled with money, let's say. Yeah, this well, this is where we're at, unfortunately. And um, yeah, we'll watch uh, this uh, this bus situation, I guess, uh, with interest. Uh, you and I uh, are in a WhatsApp group uh, together with uh, somebody who will remain nameless. Um, but uh, at the weekend, you were absolutely baffled at what you baffled. actually read in that uh, WhatsApp group. Tell us, tell us what happened, Mickey. <laughs> I just, you know, people betting against the team, you know, I just kind of understand it. I'd, I'd rather, you know, like, even if it meant I won 10 grand, 
by betting against Man United getting beat. I wouldn't bet. You just wouldn't bet. But this guy bet a 10 out to win 16 quid. I just can't understand it. You know, he was buzzing that Brighton had won and I thought... So, to like the people out there, one of our friends who's in a WhatsApp group with us is a Newcastle fan. Uh, has to be said, doesn't go to many games. Um, maybe this is the reason that he finds it easy to do this. Uh, but he did bet against Newcastle United. He bet on Brighton winning. And I think the grand payout was £26, Mel. 26 quid. And that's what, that's what, you know, if he had in an accumulator, I still couldn't accept it. But I would understand it a little bit better. I just yeah. think, I don't know, I'd rather not win the money. You know what I mean? And me team win. He was saying, I could see what he was saying. Like, if Newcastle win champion, I'm over the moon. But if they get yeah. beat, then I'm over the moon as well. Because I've won, it's a win-win. And I thought, well, you cannot be over the moon because your team got beat. You just, I don't, I've never met anybody who was happy that their team got beat. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just you, you honestly... He was, he was, he was happy, and then he came on and justified it with a long, a long message about why and you know, <laughs> said that, well, he's different to us. Uh, and it has to be said as well. He also he had a double win because he also got the the result right in the boxing in the night, didn't he? Aye, that was a good call. Like, because Eubank absolutely annihilated, uh, annihilated Smith, and he reckon he reckons that it was um, it that was put on, you know, like it was um, Smith was made to lose that. Yeah, he reckoned it was a fix, wasn't he? So that we've got, you know, so that, so so that trilogy. The, the trilogy, yeah, that's what he was saying. And do you know what, man? You watch the first fight and you watch the second fight and you think, as Actually. soon as he came out, that Smith looked like his legs was all over, I thought, mm -hmm. from the offset. Yeah. And then he said that he pulled it in the second round, but I don't know, either that or you, Banks, just thought, you know what, you're not doing that to me again, like... Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, well, boxing. I, I was involved in pro boxing for for nine years, and I, there's definitely there's definitely some situations engineered. Um, and, and and does that happen at the top level? Well, why wouldn't it? It's big money, and a, a trilogy would be something that everybody would want to see. It's one one now between them, and be interesting to see what happens. Uh, uh, Eubank will have to get a new trainer, though. I noticed on the news this week. That, you see uh, that? He's trained. Went through. <laughs> he went through. Been remanded in custody. And a gun and ammunition was found in his uh, in his hand luggage, like so. Uh, yeah, get out of that, mate! Uh, unbelievable um, that one. Right. But, uh, yeah. Um, on another on another situation, um, the uh, the ticket tout situation, which again getting back to the, what we we're talking about before about away day checks. Um, Newcastle had to come out this weekend and basically tell uh, Newcastle fans not to buy tickets off third party sites because it's become obvious. Especially big games, Liverpool at home. Tickets were on there for about 250, 300 quid in the whole mm -hmm. end. Now, uh, who who sells these tickets, Melly? Do you have this kind of issue with Man United? I a lot of a lot of people get them. You know, they they just create memberships and they mm -hmm. apply. And before you know it, you're on these websites. You can get to the game, but it's going to cost you four hundred quid. It's. It, I've always wondered how these how these play teams get them, how these people get them, because even in the fi final for Wembley, you know, like, it's, it's it's hard to get tickets, but if you go online and type in, you know, like, cup final tickets, there's loads of sites have them, and you think, how how are the dearest? It's, it, are the clubs actually release and say, like, look, we'll take a thousand tickets to each game, guaranteed, doesn't matter if it's the cup, First round, second round, whatever. Now that they're going to get their money at the later stage of the cups and the better games, are they doing that? 
we don't know. You don't know. Do you know what I mean? That's, so I don't know. There's got to be something somewhere, mate, because a lot of sites have got the have got the tickets to games where you struggle to get in. Yeah, it's a strange situation. Um, and again, the clubs need to be clamping down on that because if it's not fans doing it, um, it it's got to be somebody within the club. Um, you know, so, mm -hmm. so maybe Definitely. these things these things do need to be looked at and they do need to be uh, the do need to be checked. Uh, you had a yeah, couple the of kind of things that are. They're the kind of things that I think should be checked instead of this, like, you know, the bus lock and the, the, the dodgy tickets, the, you know, the clone tickets for the Weir fans. Yeah. They've clamped right down on that. Why not clamp down on that? This exactly. is what I'm saying. And it, 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 it boosts your point, what you're saying, that they didn't want us there anymore. Because the only reason that that would happen, mate, is because um, for corporate, again, more money. I remember being at a Man United game, and I think I've told you this, but I remember going to a Manchester United game with, with Newcastle United and being um being in the corporate section. And it was, you know, it was it was odd, an odd situation. I mean, the Newcastle side of the room was you know, were, were given like stools were sitting at like a sitting at a counter and there was yeah, there was food put on, etc. It was it was all right, it was nice. But then you could see the Manchester United mob sitting on tables getting served like and a la carte meals, and um, I found that bit a bit bizarre. The most bizarre thing I saw in there that day, uh, I think Manchester United had won the Europa, and they won the, it, was, it must have been the League Cup, I think, um, one season. And two blokes came in carrying the cups and took them into this little room. Um, and, and then people no, started... Used to that, are you? No, I'm not, but people started queuing <laughs> up. I'll tell you what I wasn't used to, I'll tell you what I didn't expect, is a bloke coming back, he went to go and get his photo with it, and he came back, he says... I'm not paying 40 quid to get me photos taken with a trophy. Wow. You know, in the corporate, where Sir Alex, Alex Ferguson is and bloody Angus Deaton and all them sitting eating their bloody um, their prawn, prawn sandwiches, wow. etc. Um, I, I had the trophies. Uh, they literally had the trophies. They took them into this little room, which looked like the boardroom. Uh, and then the two security stood outside. And then people started queuing up. And there was a couple of people went in, came back, had their photos taken, and one guy went up and came back and said, well, "I'm not having, I'm not paying forty quid. Uh, that's a disgrace." And, sure. and I couldn't, couldn't believe it. You know, you win a trophy, and you, uh, you're being asked to pay, pay, pay to have money. I mean, you know, that would that would never happen. You wouldn't imagine at any other club. But yeah, it was bizarre. That was that was another day as well where somebody says, "Oh, Alex Ferguson's there. I do not want to get your photo with him." I went, "Nope, not at all." <laughs> it's funny that I was in my mate's box at the tune, and I um. I went to the toilet and I, there was a, like a lady walking by, somebody obviously who was working in the Newcastle. And I says to them, I says, um, can you show us, can you take us to where the cups are? All your cups. You know what you're doing? She took us down the elevator and took us into the kitchen. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Do you know what it is? I says, no, not them kind of cups, the other cups, you know, like trophies and stuff. And she went, oh, sorry. And she, she, she took us from the corner. There's the trophy cabinet. And they had like a plaque above. You know what it was called? It was named after one of your old players. Who? Albert. Yeah. <laughs> I've lost the comments. That you I'll be around here, Steve. Yeah, yeah. You're only here for another 10 minutes. You, you had another... <laughs> I'm sure you had another couple of points. Is there anything else you wanted to bring up tonight on the on the Premier League show? I can't remember what you'd sent us. You'd sent us a couple of things. Uh, I, I was just a little bit peeved at the way that the game ended at Arsenal. Um... But, you know, you're seeing a lot more and it seems to be mainly Man United at the minute. Like, you know, with these uh, players, firstly, Mason Greenwood, who's now John Gattafi, very yeah. surprised, but, you know, he's gone. Uh, and now Anthony is being accused of something similar. Maybe he's not um, 
actual sexual abuse like Mason Greenwood did, but physical abuse, which is you know just as worse. So, mm-hmm. so obviously we've got to be we've got to be careful discussing something that's not in the public domain. But you mentioned, yeah, it's it's been made public. It's public knowledge. It's in the public domain now, man. We're going to reiterate it's an allegation. But yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah, it's an allegation, obviously. But out of an army, I just again like who's doing these. Who's doing background checks on these players? You know, they're all multimillionaires. I'm not saying that he's guilty or he's not guilty. Like you say, it's an allegation. But, like, there seems to be more and more. And I mean more and more. Last year, it was Thomas Partey uh, and Mason Greenwood. And however many more didn't hit the public domain. Do you know what I mean, mate? Like, surely there needs to be uh, more for a check on these players when they're being bought rather than, oh, he's a good player, let's buy him. Right, he's a good player, but let's do a complete background check. Let's get his family in, let's get his partner in, everything okay, you know, like, is there any... Do you know what I mean? There needs to be more um, checks done, I think, because ultimately what we're creating is a lot of multi-millionaire kids who think they can do what they want. Yeah, no, I would agree, mate. I would agree. Um, you know, unfortunately, as well, we're living a different era now. You know, back in the back in the eighties and nineties, when players were going out, there was no mobile phones. There was no, you know, there, there was none of this stuff. And and now things things can be things can be changed. Things can be altered. Things can be made to look as if you've done one thing when you haven't done it, it, it at all. So yeah, it, it it leaves a sour taste in the mouth. And when you're talking about million pound footballers, though, I've always said footballers should be very careful when you get to that level. You know, you need mm-hmm. to protect yourself. And if you're going to go out. We, we had this with Lascelles the other week, you know, completely vindicated by the club. The club stuck up for him, uh, accepted his story Good. and moved on. But ultimately, you know, from, from his point of view, you put yourself in that position, anything can happen. You know, you, if, mm-hmm. if you, you, that's what you need to remember. Um, and hopefully he's learned a valuable lesson from that. But yeah, you're right. There is a lot of accusations. Let's finish up on the Champions League because it's um, something that Newcastle United are going to experience. Um, when you saw the draw come out, mate, uh, Last week, what was what was your what was your thoughts on it? Because Newcastle have got obviously PSG, they've got AC Milan, and they've got Borussia Dortmund. Newcastle fans, of course, naturally delighted with the fact that they've got a um, you know three three of the big teams and are going to have an opportunity to travel away to watch them and and of course see some great uh, players and great clubs come to St James's Park. Haven't played any of these clubs in the, in, in European football either. We did play in the Milan, of course, um, in in our last jaunt in the in the Champions League, but. Um, People call it the group of death. It's it's group F. It is a tough group, but it's 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 what we want, isn't it? As football fans, you want to play against the best and you want to see the best. You know, somebody had said to you three years ago, right? That in three years' time you're gonna have Paris Saint-Germain, Borussia Dortmund, and AC Milan playing at Newcastle in the Champions League. You would have snapped their hands off. Honestly. They're the kind of games you want. And I said it, you know, when we first started this off, me and you, Steve, I said to you. And you said, you know, do you want to get the, the bigger teams in the in the later rounds? Or nah, you didn't, man. Because are you gonna win the Champions League realistically? You're not, are you? So for the group stages, you want the best teams in the world to be coming. And then for your fans, you know, to be gone to them kind of grounds. I mean, Borussia Dortmund, mate, honestly, that will be absolutely amazing. That like amazing. Can you imagine the hairs on the back of the two fans' necks? When like when that wall starts jumping and you know because the two fans are just as good as well and you know the war flags and all that they're gonna they're gonna up the ante aren't they for the Champions League and they're gonna make it really really good so mate oh hey you've got to be buzzing like you've got to be absolutely buzzing with that because and let's not take it away from you is right you're more than capable of 
beaten AC Milan, beaten Borussia Dortmund, and PSG, they're not who they were. You know, they play in the Farmers League. You, you can beat them all. If you can get a draw, we're, imagine Newcastle win that group. Mm -hmm. You know, that's Carl at the group of death. Imagine if Newcastle win that group. Yeah. What, what that would do for your confidence, for, you know, like, honestly, we'll never hear the end of it. <laughs> No, you definitely won't on this show, mate. I'll be rubbing it yeah. in. But uh, yeah, listen, it's a great opportunity, isn't it? It's a great opportunity for Newcastle, to, to, you know, Newcastle fans to experience it. And, and again, we're already experiencing um, the, the cost that it's going to be as well. Interesting when you look on how much it's going to cost uh, prior to the Champions League draw and then what it's going to cost uh, to get the places after the Champions League draws announced. And I mean, this is something you've had to deal with as a Manchester United fan going away Just, to Europe. Uh, just gone up to Edinburgh, mate. Gone to Edinburgh or gone further down south and you'll get cheaper flights. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, you've just got to... It, it's like a busman's holiday. You've got to work it out, haven't you? That's the problem. And, and, you know, Newcastle fans won't be used to it. Got to be, you know, you've got to be sharp. You've got to get in quick and you've got to make sure that, you know, you you, you know you know what you're doing. But, I mean, there's lots of different lots of different ways. You know, when you, go, when you go abroad, you know, is there a chance of picking up a ticket for those people who maybe can't get a ticket in the ballot or can't get a ticket, you know, prior to that? Are there people selling them outside the ground, Melly? It's hard. You know, the, the European away is hard. I tell you, you know, like I've been trying to get one, but I am, I see I a little loophole of my friend there on, on Sunday. And basically, I don't have Newcastle to do it, but we work with sportsbreaks.com. Yeah. Um, so they get tickets allocated to them for away fans to, to put in with a, a package. So you'll get the flight, um, your hotel and your ticket, and you actually get the credit. So that's going to be the best way for us to get it. And I probably, I, I would assume that Newcastle will do something very similar, you know. And it's not... It, it, is a, it, it is a lot of money. I'm not saying it isn't a lot of money, but if you're really wanting to gain, you've obviously got a little bit of money behind you because it's not going to be cheap. I think we were looking at about 350 quid, and that was mm -hmm. for our flight over, one night in the hotel and a ticket. So Copenhagen's booked. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, your Champions League group is uh, Bayern Munich, uh, Copenhagen and Galatasaray. Uh, happy I'm happy <laughs> I'm happy with that. I mean, you know, Galatasaray is a hard ground to go to. Um, Bayern Munich, you know, they're beatable. I'm pleased we're playing them the first game, get it out of the way early in the season. Will we get anything? You know, I don't know. I'm not optimistic, but if we come away with a draw, I'll be more than happy, mate. Um, but the rest we can win. They're definitely winnable. Um, but I, I think I want to go to Copenhagen. Me and me pal Gary's going to go over there. Uh, I didn't fancy Galatasaray. It's just absolutely bonkers, mate. You know, I've got a family back at home and that. And I don't want to get into some kind of trouble that I couldn't get out of. Because yeah. it's, it's, it, I don't know if you've seen where Rome are, but one of me, my pal I was with on Sunday, he went to Rome and he said it was absolutely ridiculous. You know, like he says, because we scored a goal and we were banging on the sheets on the. This is your fans are going to have to be wary of this because, you know, like in, in foreign countries, they didn't put up with any kind of tolerance of the. British like so our fans have been battering on the on the front when we scored and literally he says like he doesn't have the police that just handed over buttons to the Rome fans he says because they came in with just playing jeans on with um, body armour and they were like literally battering them you know they ended up in a little tiny corner and he says that this went on for ages you know and they just kept giving them it it's it's dangerous mate the European ways can be dangerous especially for the British because we're tired with the brush aren't we that we cause trouble everywhere we're going so just enjoy it 
football's there, you know, like at the end of the day, it's a game, isn't it? You know, nobody should ever die going to the game. Nobody should ever be hurt going to the game. Just go and watch your team and come home. But uh, you need to, you need to also be a little bit clever and think of the ways that aren't really worth it, Adam. Think like so Galatasaray for me isn't worth gone. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in England, of course, international break. Uh, take on Ukraine. Uh, this is uh, this program goes out on Saturday. So Ukraine, England in a Euro qualifier, and then uh, Scotland, England, um, which uh, takes place on the twelfth. I mean, uh, with you being with it, with you being a Manchester United f- uh, fan from the northeast, you're not a Scotland fan from the northeast, are you? <laughs> no, I know an island. I don't know I think we'll draw against Ukraine because they're a tight side but I think we'll beat the Scots like yeah interesting Elliot Anderson um, will be pulled up as well for that for that game wouldn't be would be interesting to see whether he gets a game maybe he's against Callum Wilson we'll wait and see uh, as always Melly a pleasure to spend an hour with you talking something uh, different look forward to seeing you again next week mate take care pal thank you pal take care thank you thanks everybody we still do 7 NUFC Matters show a week for free. But if you want to help support NUFC Matters, then there are a few ways of doing it. Hit the like button on each live broadcast and video. This helps the channel grow. Hit the subscribe button and select the all notifications bell so you don't miss a single show. If you want to help us financially, then you can join the channel using this button with the membership starting at $1.99 a month. Or... You can drop us a donation in the chat using a super sticker. We're also looking for sponsors. If you'd like your brand advertised on the flies for the show and featured during the ad break, then email john at nufcmatters.com to arrange today. (laughs) 